All right, you guys ready for some stories? I have a story from my teenagehood. I am um, around 15 when I moved to Pennsylvania. And up to that point, I had moved around 10 times. And I say 10 times because that's all the times that I personally remember. I think there were some more. But so you can imagine, I just moved into from Texas to Pennsylvania. And I was journaling in my journal, just saying, okay, God, I'm, it was summertime. I was about to start a new um, high school. And I had already gone through several middle schools, junior highs, depending on what you know, state you were at, what they called it. And so I just journaled in my book. And I said, God, I just need one friend. I just need one godly friend. I need one person that'll help me in my journey and walk with you. And so I, I prayed that prayer. I journaled it and wrote it down. And then school started. And before you know it, I was sitting in gym class. And how many of y'all know that gym class can be an intimidating time? And so there I was, sitting on the bleachers, looking very lonely, apparently. And so up walks this sweet girl with a smile on her face. And she goes, hey, you want to be my partner? Want to join us? I was like, sure, yeah. And then next thing you know, she's inviting me to sit at her lunch table. And then for the next two years of high school, she became one of my very good friends. We just had the greatest of chemistry. We hit it right off. She loved the Lord. Um, she helped encourage me in my walk with God. And I was just so grateful to have one friend to have. Um, during that time, though, I didn't know what my friendship would lead me into in being friends with my friend Kristen. And that was she had a love of horses. I, being a city slicker, had no idea or concept how to be around horses or what to do. But whenever I'd go for a sleepover, before you know it, she'd wake me up early. We'd go over to the, the barn, and before I knew it, I was mucking the stalls. I think that's what they call it. And I remember thinking, this is the most grossest thing ever. But I was doing things I never thought I would ever do before. She had me getting near horses, and you have to know, like, all I knew was these are powerful beasts that could probably do damage to me. But here I am, taking my hands, running them down to his tendon, squeezing, having him lift up his foot, and I'm digging stuff out, and I'm thinking, Lord, I never saw myself here before. But this is what that friendship led me to, things that I had never done before. And I was so grateful. So then two years um, of high school, we were friends. And then I moved in my senior year of high school once again and thought, oh, that's the end of that, that relationship, that friendship. But then five years later, um, I moved back to Pennsylvania. And I am in a little good old farmhouse. And before I know it, my phone is ringing. And here's this friend from high school, Kristen. And she's like, hey, you know, a friend of mine that I just recently connected with told me about, um, you know, you had lost a baby. And I just lost a child. And I wanted to connect with you. And we began just to develop a friendship. And unknowns to me, she was moving back into the area. And so I was like, oh, wow. Thank you, Lord. You're bringing my friend back. And so we just took off where we had left off. You know, we became, once again, just good friends, sharing and doing the same season of life together. She was having children. I was having children. And she just became one of my dearest friends. One of the things that I look back and, and in the different ways that she ministered to me in my friendship was I remember a time that um, I was sick. You know, and how many of y'all know when you have little ones, they don't go, oh, mom, I'm sorry you're sick. Nope, your demands are there. You're doing life. But here came a knock at the door, and there was my friend Kristen going, hey, I just wanted to bring you some soup, and I think it was peaches or something. I just remember thinking, Lord, you just love me. You love me through friends. You give me people that care about me and, meet, and give me help when I need help. And then there was a time where she brought comfort 
in my life. Um, my, I had just moved to Ephrata, and we had just built a home. We were only there two weeks, and my parents who had lived with us, my dad passed away. So you can imagine, it's a lot of transition, a lot of change. And I was sitting there, um, you know, really, um, my husband came up and woke me up, and he says, hey, you know, daddy passed. And so I remember thinking the first person I wanted to pick up the phone and call was my friend Kristen to say, hey, daddy went to heaven. And I remember, like, the comfort that she brought, just saying, oh, I know you so well. I know this is hard, but we know we're both happy for your dad. And then on top of that, she just brought comfort by. She went to the grocery store. She picked up some groceries. She stopped over, and she says, hey, I know you're about to have a bunch of people from out of town coming in. You're hosting. I just wanted to make sure you had some extra groceries in the house. She brought comfort when I needed comfort. But not always was she just a help or a comfort. There were times that God used this friendship to actually bring some challenges some conviction in my life. I remember one time I had gone to the dentist and had a bad report on one of my children with their teeth. And so this dentist um, began to tell me, he's like, well, I think you gave your kids too much candy or too much sugary or something, or your, your children's teeth wouldn't be doing this. I immediately took offense. I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. I was completely offended. Um, and so I went and talked to my friend, Chris, and I was like, can you believe that dentist and what they were saying to me? And because she was a good friend that loved me enough to want to see me grow, she said, well, honestly, Lydia, you know, we go to BB's and other places a lot, and I see you pick up a lot of fruit snacks, and you kind of give them to your kids throughout the day. I was like, what? I was like, okay. And so I was convicted of truth. She led me into truth, and I was like, okay. I needed that challenge because I think I would have walked away thinking, you know, that dentist didn't know any better. But boy, I needed that. I needed that challenge. I needed her to convict and speak truth into my life. And honestly, her hunger and her thirst and her relationship with the Lord pointed me deeper in my walk with the Lord. And I'm so grateful that when I was around her, she'd be like, she would just be like someone, if you can imagine, you know, you're so hungry and the meal was there. She'd be in my home. She'd be like, what about this? And what about that? And she'd ask questions. And then, you know, we'd be hanging out. And then she'd be like, oh, I know youth group's starting. Can I, can I just still kind of hang out at the house and worship with you guys? And so she was just so hungry and thirsty for the Lord. And so my friendship with her drew me into a deeper relationship with the Lord. So again, if you've had a relationship like I had the blessing of having, it was an intimate friendship that was developed through time because one, I appreciated and I valued the friendship and I invited that friendship in my life to speak into my life. And so not always did it feel good when she was loving me enough to speak the truth, but she was loving me enough to see me grow. And you know, that friendship is a lot like the friendship of the Holy Spirit. See, he's my best friend. I met him when I was four. And he's been doing all those things that I just described that my friend Kristen was doing in my life. He's been a helper to me. He's been a friend who's challenged me. He's been a friend who's comforted me when I needed comfort. And he's always leading me into a deeper friendship with God because he's God. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but maybe you've heard things that have pushed you or made you want to resist the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've said, I don't know about this Holy Spirit and what he's about and what he's going to do. In the same way that I didn't know that my friendship with Kristen was going to lead me into places that I had never been before, that I wasn't going to be comfortable doing, but due to the friendship I stepped into, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. That's what he does. And so what is he like? What is the Holy Spirit, your friend that you should want to be able to know? What is he like? What is he all about? What is he wanting to do? And so... Um, you know, when I look back at some of those uh, tight friendship that I had with her, I know that I wouldn't be who I am today without her. And I can say the same about the Holy Spirit. I know that I wouldn't be who I am today without him and my friendship with him. So let's talk a little bit about what is he like? What does he want to do? And what does he want from us? What is he looking for in this friendship with us? 
Well, the Bible tells us a lot about his nature. He tells us that he's invisible. You know, it's a mystery to the world. The Bible says that they neither see him nor they know him, but it says you know him. You do. You have the ability to know him. He's empowering. The Bible says that we will be endued with power, that he gives us power to live this Christian life, to walk it out. He speaks and he shows us things. And he's holy. We're going to talk a little bit about that. He's holy. And he's a he. He's not an it. Some of you have grown up in the Star Wars culture where, you know, we've kind of unfortunately likened this idea of the concept of the Holy Ghost as the force. But, you know, a force um, isn't it. It's something very impersonal. You can't know him like I can. And the Bible says that he can be grieved. It says that he can be quenched. You know, and how do we know that when we're, when we're grieving him? I know that um, Stephen in the Bible, in the book of Acts, he says, how long will you resist the Holy Spirit? I think that's what quenching, I think that's what, what suppressing of the Holy Spirit looks like. Um, you know, I remember, you know, I wish I could say that my friendship with the Holy Spirit, that I never quench him, that I never, you know, upset him, um, that I never suppress him, but that wouldn't be the truth. Even just a year or two ago, I was in my, my gym working out, and there was a, one of the gentlemen on the floor, and he had a hurt foot. And as I'm walking by him, minding my own business, my friend, the Holy Spirit, he says, why don't you go over and pray for him? See, see me heal his foot. And immediately, sadly to say, I was like, shh, my friend, shh, you know, we don't do that here. You know, uh, what if you don't, what if God doesn't show up and, and touch him? Then I really, you know, and I had all these nice little religious excuses why I was suppressing my friendship. And I was wanting to use religious reasons of, well, if you don't show up, God, then, you know, I've been a, I've not represented you well. And I had all this stupid stuff. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit was, I, I look back and I go, you know what, Holy Spirit, that wasn't the devil who dropped that in my mind. <laughs> you know, it was you. And that's who he's been. And I don't want to quench him. I don't want to resist him. But because he's a friend, he's not going to push himself. We have to invite his work. We have to invite his friendship in our life. And that's why some of us might be resisting him, may have never experienced him, because we never opened ourselves up to him. And that's a place where I love that Jesus really wants us to understand the value of the friendship that we should have with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take you to a pretty large piece of passage of scripture from the message, John 16, 7 through 15. Y'all ready? So let me say it again. This truth, it's better for you that I leave. So Jesus, who walked the earth, who did all these crazy things and awesome things, said, it's better for me to leave. He says, if I don't leave, the friend, the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, of righteousness and judgment. And he'll show them that their refusal to believe in me, Christ, is their basic sin. That righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of the sight and the control. And that judgment takes place as the ruler of the godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I still have many things to tell you, he says, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. And that is why I've said he takes from me and he delivers to you. 
Wow. I know that's a long piece of scripture verse to read to you guys, but it's just so um, packed with what the truth of the reality of our friendship with the Holy Spirit and what it's to look like. And, um, you know, so it tells us what is the Holy Spirit here to do? What is his actions and what is his um, relationship with us? It says, first of all, that he's going to convict us of sin. How many of you love that friend that says, you know, you shouldn't have said it that way to your husband or, oh, you know, I think there's a better way to say that or do that or, you know, I don't know if you have that friend. And what is sometimes our initial response? Our initial response kind of bristles and kind of like, did I ask you? Well, unfortunately, I think sometimes we do the same thing to our friendship with the Holy Spirit. We can, he can come into our life and speak something and begin to try and align us. And we have that moment of choice to choose to either surrender and submit to what he's pointing out in our life, or we can move on and then, you know what, we won't get to see that power. We won't get to see that change that he wants to come and do in our life. I remember a time when, um, well, I'll get to that, um, just about that he convicts us of sin. He leads us into all truth. He leads us to change of mind, to repentance. So just a a combo story of what God did through the Holy Spirit in my life was um, throughout the ages having parents that um, loved me enough to want to see me do the right things. And when I wanted to do my own thing, unfortunately, I found ways to paint the story or to tell my parents something the way they wanted to hear it so that I would get what I wanted. Okay, that's a great confession here, y'all. So if I wanted to go to a friend's house, you know, I knew the next question might be like, well, are they Christians? And I might have asked that friend, did you ever go to church? Okay, yeah, they go to such and such. You know, I painted the story the way I wanted because I wanted what I wanted. So what was became something like a little subtle thing in my life became big by the time I was 15 to where I would lie or shade or not say necessarily a, a whole truth and, um, you know, what we would call a partial truth, but it was really a lie. And I'd done it so long that I had um, ignored the Holy Spirit's voice in my life in regards to lying. And so here I just moved to um, Pennsylvania, and we had friends that we had known from California that moved to the East Coast, and they had lived in New Jersey, and so they said, Lydia, come stay with us for, you know, like the summer, a month or so, I think. And so, of course, right before my parents sent me out the door, they were like, now, Lydia, you be sure to be, you know, a good guest. You help with the chores. Do whatever needs to be done. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, Mom. Okay, Dad. See ya. You know, and so I went, and I'm having a good old time at my friend's house and doing one of my passionate things that I enjoy, which is reading. And unfortunately, when I read, I can get to be one of those people that just wants to kind of veg and tune out the world and enjoy myself in my own little, you know, world that where I'm reading. So there I was, um, I think, sitting or laying on the couch reading, and one of their friends that came over, and they had an open-door policy. Friends came and went, and the friend walked over and began doing the dishes. And of course, I looked up from my book, and I was like, mm, I should be helping do those dishes too. But I was like but I want to keep reading. So I just kept on reading. Well, later, our friend, and she was from Japan. Her name was Kyoko. She comes in the door and she's like, oh, Lydia, thank you for helping me, you know, with the dishes. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't do the dishes. I offered, but so-and-so said they had it. Do you see that little slip of the lie, how I was easily said it and had no conviction whatsoever? I said what I wanted to say to look good and didn't think anything of it. But because I had this friend, the Holy Spirit, he wasn't done working in my life just as he wants to be in our lives each and every day. And so I'd gone off to go swimming, and we came back in the door, and um, my godly friend, Kyoko, must have been praying, inviting the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. And so she said, Lydia, can I talk to you for a minute? And I go in her room, and I sit down, and I'm like, da-da-da-da, had no idea what was coming. I sit down, and she's like, she just said these, like, what, three words? She goes, Lydia, why you lie to me? 
And I'm telling you, my friend, the Holy Spirit, he just came on me and he tenderized and he changed my heart and I began to bawl. I probably bawled for like, I don't know how long, but it was because he was touching her in my life that he was like, this, this just won't do. This isn't who you are. This isn't who I am. And so I repented that day and I asked for forgiveness and the power of the Holy Spirit worked in my life to change me. Now here's the deal. You know, we're in the process of being changed. We're in the process of being sanctified and the work that he does. And so what I'm talking about is he sanctifies us. He makes us holy as he is holy. He reveals more of Christ to us. And he empowers us to serve others with spiritual gifts. And so as I was convicted in that moment of, of, of lying, it wasn't until about four or five years later, I'm a mom of a little one running around, and my husband was on a mission trip, and I was with a friend staying at her house. And I was helping do the dishes, which, thank God, shows I had some maturity. I learned to get up, you know, off the couch and go do some dishes. And as I was doing the dishes, to my embarrassment and shame, I passed gas. Yes, that's the refined way of saying I farted, okay? (laughs) And so as I'm, you know, passing gas, my friend walks by. And all of a sudden she goes, whew, she's like, you might need to check Jessica's diaper. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I went over and checked Jessica's diaper. I let her be the out for my passing gas. So my friendship with the Holy Spirit, he just, he again, he loved me enough that I was doing the dishes and he was like, now Lydia, that just won't do, will it? Because you know that it wasn't Jessica's diaper. You know that that was you. And I'm like, yeah, but this is so embarrassing. I don't want to. And, but I was like, but I knew that I was like, but, but you dealt with this in my life and you've given me the power to overcome. And so I was like, okay, all right, Holy Spirit. So I went and found my friend where she was in her room with her daughter and I was like, I know this can sound really dumb and silly, but I just need to confess to you that um, when you walked by, that was me. I passed gas. It wasn't my daughter, and I should have just fessed up to it right away. And it was amazing because my light, me walking the truth, allowed her to share some things, and we had this great time. And there was no more shame, no more embarrassment. And I was like, huh, you know, this is where when we um, love the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in making us holy, that um, it's, it's a fun process. It's a clean process. You feel better. You don't feel worse. But it's always in that moment of walking ourselves to that surrender, to that place in our friendship with him. We go, you know, you're right. You know, you don't want to resist him. And so he empowers us to serve with spiritual gifts. And Renee will be sharing about this. So I hope you guys hear our next message coming up on just the empowerment and the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. It's so good. Um, you know, and so again, I'm so grateful for the empowerment and what God, the Holy Spirit has done in my life. But, you know, um, I didn't know these things that the Holy Spirit was going to ask of me. I didn't know the things that he was going to do and the things he was going to challenge me. And sometimes we, we say, I only want you, Holy Spirit, when I can control who and what you're going to do in my life. And just as you guys would have heard last week, Pastor Jimmy sharing on that some of us have either heard things, seen things, all in the name of, you know, the Holy Ghost, that we just said, you know what, if that's who you are, I don't want any part of you. But we want to be those that say, okay, I take you at face value. I'm going to learn to know you for who you are. And I'm going to trust that you can teach me about your nature, about who you are. But again, he has to have the ownership of our lives. He has to have that friendship where we surrender to him. I remember when I was around 12 years old, I was in a meeting and um, we had just got done with, I believe it was like a church service. And there was a single mom with a young boy that she had who was probably only a couple years younger than me. And because of my friendship, my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, he just kind of drew my attention to this young man, to this young boy. And he said, I want you to go over and pray for him. 
So I walked over, and little did I know, you know, when, when the Bible says about Jesus being moved with compassion and ministering and seeing signs and wonders, in the same way the Bible says sometimes there's, there's um, utterances, there's sounds, and there's um, prayers that the Holy Spirit will pray through us that sometimes we don't even know what it is that we're saying or doing. And I had that kind of experience where as I began to just pray for this young man, this boy, I don't know what happened, but the Holy Spirit hit my heart so hard for him. I don't know if it's because he was fatherless or what the situation, but I began to just weep and pray for him. And it was a little embarrassing, to be honest with you. Because you know what happened? I had another person in the church walk over and go, oh, Lord, please comfort poor Lydia. And how she, and I was thinking, they don't have a clue. Nothing's wrong with me. You know, but the lot, a lot looked like it was wrong with me. But it was because I was in obedience to my relationship with the Holy Spirit who wanted to minister to this young man through me. I wish I could tell you in that moment, I was like, oh, it's okay. But instead, I was like, Holy Spirit, that was really embarrassing. Did you have to do that? And I actually had a talk with him about saying, you know, this whole crying thing all the time, it really, you know, it gets very embarrassing. Can you just take it away? And for a season, he did. And so it goes back to, you know, he's not a force. He's a person who we can grieve, who we can sadden by our response to our friendship with him and who he is. It wasn't until several years later I said, bring it back. Let me have that sensitivity that only you can give. And I said, I'll cry all you want. And you know what? He still does it today, as you can see. But I love my friend, the Holy Spirit. He's so good to me. Um, you know, uh, I think, if anything, I want to introduce this friend, the Holy Spirit, in such a natural way to you. And that's why I wanted to liken it to my, my natural friendship with Kristen. In the same way that she walked with me and she helped me and she comforted me and she challenged me, that's really who the Holy Spirit is. That's what his job is to do. And um, I want you to know him in that way. So the question you might be asking is, well, what, is, what does he want from us in this relationship? Like, what does he get out of this, you know, in walking with us? And what, that's, what is it? And so I love the verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And I know that we shared this passage last week, but truly it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That word communion, it means, it's a word koine, and it really just means a tight, really sweet, intimate friendship. And so I know I share with you guys that I moved many times, but you know what? I was never alone. You know, Jesus' truth of what he said, that I will never leave you. I'll never let you be alone. And, and that is the truth, and that's the reality, that I've just walked in a tight, sweet friendship. And at times, I have resisted. At times, I have grieved him and made him sad. And then I've, I've said, oh, forgive me. And have you guys ever had that in a friendship or relationship? You say you do something, and it, and it makes a breach, and you're like, what's going on here? But then all you got to do is step back into that relationship with him. That's all, we, that's all we ever have to do is say, man, I'm, I'm done resisting. I'm done, you know, trying to squelch the fire and who you are. And I think, I think that's why it's a beautiful picture what the Bible says about fire, wind, oil, you know, that there's a picture word that we can see the work of the, the Lord in our lives. Um, I ask, you know, the Holy Spirit of just, you know, uh, what are some things that people struggle with? And I think one is that some of us struggle with that. We think well, you know, this like all this Holy Spirit stuff, man, it must just be for the spiritually elite. It must just be for those who really, really know God. No, no, I only know God because of this walk in this relationship and friendship that I've had with the Holy Spirit. And that's the way that we go deeper with him. That's the invitation that allowing the Holy Spirit to be in our lives of what he does. 
is he brings um, an understanding. He brings a knowledge. He brings all those things that I was talking about, that conviction and that working of him and his holiness in our life. And so if you've had any fears, if you've had anybody misrepresent the Holy Spirit, can I just say, please forgive us. On behalf of those who should be representing him well, please forgive us. And can I encourage you to say, okay, I'm going to scrap all the hurt. I'm going to scrap all the fluffiness because you know that passage that Jesus said, he says he's not going to point to himself, you know, and, and unfortunately sometimes people in the name of the Holy Spirit have done nothing but point to them and point to the things that they're doing, but that's not who his nature is. That's not what he's about. That's not what he does. He is about inviting you to be changed, to grow deeper, to know the Lord. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that Jesus said it was better for him to go so that we might have you living in us. But not that you, for you to be a force that we just kind of think, oh, he's out there somewhere. But that, no, you said, no, I'm coming to have tight, intimate friendship. Where, like that verse, I love the picture word of just, I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to walk together. I'm going to show you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. You know, and, and sometimes there won't be words. There won't be anything you can point to. Remember, it was a couple of years ago that I shared about how I had a friend talking to me about this little house church that she was a part of. Nothing she said or pointed to was anything to make me think that there was something wrong with that group or that situation. But my friend, the Holy Spirit, just did this little radar on the inside, and he said, that's not me. That's not me. It wasn't until years later that it was revealed of all this inappropriate, you know, stuff under the guise of being a so-called church. And I thanked the Holy Spirit, and I was like, wow, you were leading me away from that situation, even though I didn't have words to put to it, because that's who he is. He's just so good that he wants to lead you into truth. He wants you never, ever to feel alone. In all the times I ever went any new place, I was never alone because I first and foremost had my best friend, the one who loved me enough to say, oh, this is the way walking it. Oh, nope, I want you to be friends. I want you to speak to this person. I want you to do this thing. And it's been the most exciting life I can ever have. And that's why I shared in humility saying, man, there's times though that I've resisted him. And so maybe you relate. The most ultimate place in your life that you can resist the Holy Spirit is when He's drawing you to the Father. When He's saying, will you come to Jesus and know Him as your Savior? If that's you, and you said, you know what, I've been okay with just doing church, you know, or going to church, or saying I'm a Christian. But in reality, you realize, you know what, I've not surrendered. I've not surrendered to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, and I've definitely not allowed my friendship with the Holy Spirit to grow that's you I want us to pray and others in the room and, and on listening online maybe you relate to saying you know what oh I see and I remember that time that I resisted you Holy Spirit today's the day that we can say please forgive me but for those who have never surrendered to Jesus will you pray say father I come to you I have need of Jesus the one who died for me the one who rose again and the one who wants to live victorious, allow me to be free from sin and then not only loved me enough but gave me the friendship of the Holy Spirit. I invite you, Holy Spirit, all of us God's kids, we say we invite you, your friendship, Holy Spirit. We say we want more of you. I wanna know you more and more because there is more to be known. That's why we sing songs 
over and over to say, man, I want more of you. Will you, Holy Spirit, be the one that people see? Just as Jesus said, you're going to point people to yourself. You're going to testify of Jesus. That's what we want. We want to testify of who you are. And will you forgive us of all the times that we've grieved you? Will you forgive us all the times that we've suppressed you because we said, oh, it's a little too much. Or, you know, as my kids say, a little extra. You know, but we want the extra. We say, come Holy Spirit, do what you want to do with us. Allow us to be those who walk with our God and then when others around us, they go, man, there's something different about you. And it's because we're introducing them to you. So we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. And no more saying no. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. We want friendship. We want love with you.